Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi everyone, it's Barb Crowley and you are here at uh, Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. We have, I am so lucky to have to Brigitte Mars as our guest today. And Brigitte is an herbalist and nutritional consultant in the uh, natural health field with over 50 years of experience. She teaches at Herbal Medicine at Naropa, the School of Health Mastery in Iceland. She's taught at Omega Institute, Esalon, Kripalu, Sivananda Yoga Ashram, Arise, Envision, Tribal Visions, and Unify Festivals, and the Mayo Clinic. Brigitte is the author of many, many books and DVDs, including Natural First Aid, The Home Reference to Holistic Health and Healing, The Country Almanac of Home Remedies, The Desktop Guide to Herbal Medicine, Beauty by Nature, Addiction Free Naturally, which I think is her newest book, The Sexual Herbal, Herbal uh, Healing Herbal Teas, Raw Sum. She's the co-author of Hemp Not Cookbook, the <laughs> Not Cookbook, and her latest project, which has already launched because I've already gotten to play with it, is a phone app called iPlant. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, so please go to our website at uh, BrigitteMars.com, and you'll see how much she has to offer you, in, including some fabulous classes that you'll definitely want to be a part of. So Brigitte on, is going to, um, I'm going to do a quick run through. Um, she's going to join us to tell us about how herbs communicate their ability in healing through colors and flavors, how to become more intuitive. She will introduce us to herbs that help psychics, which is where I need, uh, discuss the new research of psychedelic plants and how to attract, and I'm really into this part, how to attract the garden fairies and elementals because I need help. <laughs> I need help. So, Brigitte, why don't you come on and tell us? I'd, I'd love you to start on where you started, where you first became a herbalist and how you learned and how well, you got into it. Well, Shirley, thank you, Barb, for that wonderful introduction. And I have been working with herbs. Actually, I had this wonderful French-Canadian grandmother uh, north of Quebec, and I would go visit her. And it was kind of like going back in a time warp. You know, as a child, I thought, oh, this is like something out of a fairy tale because she still had a wood stove and her idea of ice cream was to put maple syrup on snow. And of course, we made the maple syrup, would go out in a carriage way into the woods and lumberjacks would be cooking this maple syrup. Uh, so at a very early age, I, I loved the what my parents called old wives tales. But to me, it was medicine for the people. Um, I grew up in upstate New York, so going to visit my grammaire, I, I learned French before English, in Canada was, you know, really something that honored my soul. I felt, you know, this is like something out of the fairy tales. So 
Uh, as a teenager, I went to an all-girls boarding school, and I want to share this because I think a lot of young people feel feel very drawn to learning about natural medicine. So every time I had a paper or a project to do, I would turn it into something to learn about plants. I'd write about, you know, uh, herbal medicine during the French Revolution or plantas medicinales de Mexico or uh, plant chemistry. Uh, so I just was, you know, every time you have a paper to write, if they give you a choice, why not turn it into something that maybe you want as a career? So I, I did end up getting uh, expelled from uh, Miss Hall School for Young Ladies. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Can I have that story? We're not allowed. <laughs> well, you know, it was that some of the herbs that were in my drawer that were very, very useful were yeah. legal at the time. And they were, you know, very strict. But in any case, so, you know, change the, the my trajectory changed of saying, you know, I'm going to this college and I'm going to, you know, work on Broadway um, mm-hmm. and da, da, da. So. Um, I lived in the Virgin Islands and I learned a lot. I met this tribe of hippies in St. Croix and I learned a lot about wild edible plants in the jungle, in the rainforest and harvesting seaweed. And we opened up a vegetarian restaurant, both in the Virgin Islands and in Miami. Wow. A store called this, a restaurant called the Supernatural Restaurant and Juice Bar. And, you know, the, in the sixties and actually early seventies, um, you know, there was this song by Crosby, Stills, and Nash. We got to get back to the land. You know, got to get back. I remember to the land. it. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. And so, you know, land was cheap at the time. And, you know, to be honest, Barb, a lot of things that the hippies were talking about 50 years ago, mm-hmm. is what we need to do. Um, you yeah. know, get back to the land, grow our food organically, learn how to treat ourselves with natural remedies, um, have less of an impact, mm-hmm. uh, maybe more communally and sharing um, that, you know, psychedelics, you know, don't have to be a bad thing if they're used with set and setting and intention, you know, medical marijuana. We were all about that. Right, um, right. right and rec even better. Recreation even better. <laughs> that, that there's so many, you know, things that this medicine has to offer for to mm. make food and fuel. But um, I came to Boulder in 1976 um, oh, I do want to say when I lived in the teepee, I did an herbal correspondence course. Okay, so, I'm going to back you up a little bit because nobody knows how you got to the teepee. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we in the get back to the land scenario, yeah. <laughs> my first husband, we bought uh, 200 acres in the Ozarks. And mm. this it was a commune. And this was our intention to uh, grow cannabis as well as grow vegetables organically. And I lived in a teepee. I gave birth in the teepee. I have two grown daughters named Sunflower Sparkle Mars and Rainbow Harmony Mars. Sunflower is a great teacher and Rainbow's a activist, actress, international model, yogini, TV star. I looked her up. I have to say, I looked her up and I have to give a plug for her. She's <laughs> absolutely gorgeous Thank and you. has achieved so much and has a lot of yoga videos out there. Yeah, like 30 just, of them. Yeah, I just had to jump in with that one. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I came to Boulder in 1976. I had two small children. I was a single mom. And I went to massage school. And during this time, there was a wonderful man teaching herbal medicine named William Lasassier. So I sat at his feet. And I, you know, remember I said I wanted to work on Broadway? Yeah. Well, 
I worked <laughs> at Alfalfa's Market, Broadway in Iraq, <laughs> for yeah. 20 years. And so during my uh, time at Alfalfa's Market, which unfortunately just closed. I heard uh, that. Yeah, you know, that's a shame. It is a shame. But I, I brought everyone I wanted to teach a study with. I brought Michael Chiera and Rosemary Gladstar and Christopher Hobbs and Roy Upton and Susan Weed. And so, wow. you know, yeah. I would certainly be at a lot of herbal festivals, but this is a subject you can study your entire life. Mm-hmm. I still study. And of course, every time you write a book, it really is like, you know, a college education on whatever you're writing about because you do so much research and so many interviews and you just immerse yourself in the topic. So, um, so wow, I mean, you I, did, you did meet a whole lot of people. And hit it at the right time, too. <laughs> that is great. But the enjoyment of, um, I, I know from being in this industry, an herbalist, the thing that comes most with an herbalist is the actual, the absolute enjoyment of the herbs. I mean, there's really a, a synergy with the herbs, a, a blending with the herbs. And oh, I'm sure that you, you know, you have that, too. It's it's so true. And, you know, right now, um, you know, someone asked me recently, like, well, have they done any research on herbs? And I say, you know, herbs have been used by millions of people for thousands of years, a mm-hmm. lot longer than the vaccine. <laughs> so right. in a sense, I feel that the herbs are time tested. And I also feel that they're made by the creator. Um, and very often when studies are done with herbs, rather than just studying the plants, uh, because companies need to recoup their financial investment in studying yeah. something, they don't usually do it with the whole plant. They do it with one active ingredient or they have a special proprietary, you know, secret of just, you know, using one part of the plant or some way that they extract it. So, you know, for me, I don't really need a study. It worked for my grandmother, You probably your grandmother, your right, great-grandmother. Right. And so I feel like we're tapping into this rich history. And yet, Barb, you know, it was a few hundred years ago um, where women were being executed for practicing, you know, medicine without a license. It was called witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And uh, But a know, few hundred years ago, did they have a license? Or is it just well, purely they had too much power? They, they had a lot of power and women mm-hmm. were usually not taught to read. We're not allowed to go to medical school. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And therefore, most yeah. of the so-called witches, uh, they could have been, you know, Jews or gays or gypsies or people of mm-hmm. color or too beautiful or own land that the church wanted. Uh, or, um, you know, if they were beautiful, they were a temptation to men. And that was a reason right, for right. Them. But many, many of the so-called witches were herbalists and midwives and it was deemed that if you offered help to a woman in labor, that you were interfering in God's will. That, oh you know, children God. were born in sin, you know, from sex. And, you yeah. know, I kind of baptized the baby as soon as it came out of that, yeah. you know, sinful place. So um, I'm really glad I didn't live then because um, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be here today. You would have been at the stake. <laughs> yeah, that's really nasty. Who would think to do that? And um mm. 
you know, there was a lot of competition. So in a sense, it was a way of getting rid of the competition because I was just watching this movie last night where like the soldier had been wounded and the doctor who was educated said, we must put a dung poultice on it after we bleed the person. And yeah. the midwife or the, the witch or the yeah. herbalist was saying, no, let's do, um, let's pour some wine on it and then put some plants on it. So I would have been on her team. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Septic. And um, I don't think a dung poultice and bleeding is going to help someone who's already <laughs> right. bled a lot. Yeah. And I always did take it. I, in my looking at the history, not as deeply as you have, I always took it as the, the wise woman, the witch could cure, could help and could cure. And they weren't getting such good success rates in medicine. And they didn't like that. That was too much power in, with a woman, too much power. And I always looked at it that way that, mm, you know, people were going to the wise woman instead of the doctor. Well, the, the wise women also knew about things like contraception, mm-hmm. you know, which is still very controversial. Right. Um, Right. And, you know, they might know about love potions and, you know, yeah, might know about love potions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that alone everybody wants now. Love potions and a non-isolation potion. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, one thing, well, before I go into it, but it was a question I always had, and you mentioned it before, where uh, medicine will take out the active ingredient and then make it a chemical and patent it and sell it back to us. And um, that's where a lot of the medicine comes from. But they can't seem to get uh, anything very well for uh, viral, for virus. And yet the herbs, so many of the herbs are antiviral, antivirus. Well, most of us herbalists have uh, noticed that we've been censored a lot for talking about things. So, you know, during the bubonic plague, there was a terrible, uh, of course, you know, terrible death and loss of life. But some of the things that were working were things like garlic, oregano, lavender, St. John's wort, um, so uh, rosemary, and so there, there are many herbs that are antimicrobial. When I say antimicrobial, I mean antibacterial, antifungal, and antiviral. And again, you can't patent a plant. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, herbalists are going to say, yeah, there are things that are effective and that have served humanity. Um, and of course, you know, we're not all going to live forever. So I feel like being in the best health possible is a great thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Getting off of our addictions, getting off of things that we know undermine our health, like sugar and fried foods. And, um, you know, maybe dairy products can cause a lot of congestion. And if you have uh, a really bad virus, you don't want to eat things that are going to make you more mucousy. You want to eat things that are hot and spicy and pungent, like garlic and onions and horseradish. And um, I always, if I feel like I'm coming down with something, Thing, I always bake a sweet potato and put raw garlic on it. And mm-hmm. my grandmother had 11 children and they had whooping cough at one time. And she put olive oil on the soles of their feet to keep the garlic from burning. Uh, garlic chopped on the feet on top of the oil and then pulled a pair of socks on. And within five minutes, the kids could breathe and they had garlic breath. And garlic is a bronchial dilator. So, wow. you know, yeah. I, I would be doing that kind of stuff. 
Um, I work in a pharmacy now. I still work on Broadway, Broadway and Alpine at Pharmica. <laughs> so be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it's, it's all okay. I love being in service, but and again, I feel by doing this, I've had a lot of observation from people about what really works and what mm-hmm. doesn't. So this is not just theories out of books. This is you know over forty years of like you know working with people and having them say this really helped. So. Some, somebody told me a story that I really want to believe, but I have some doubts about, <laughs> but I want to believe it. Um, and they were talking about, um, he was an herbalist and he, you know, he was into the edible herbs and he and his wife were sitting in their yard and they started to notice an herb coming up that was great for headaches. But they said, we don't have any headaches, you know, so they couldn't understand why is this suddenly coming up? And it turned out that they had dinner with their neighbors in, and both of their neighbors were suffering from headaches. And he thought that the herb was going across all three houses kind of thing. It, does something like that happen? Um, I th- I th- I've seen that happen. I know that when I went through menopause, motherwort, which is a great herb for menopause, started growing everywhere, and it had never been there before. Um, also, very often, I know we we're taking a break in a moment, but very often the remedy is right where you need it. I got bit by a copperhead snake, and the remedy was growing right by the snake, um, echinacea. And uh, usually wherever poison ivy grows, there's a remedy within 100 feet of it, whether it be jewelweed or gumweed or plantain. Wow. Wow. Um I want to go into signature, I mean, doctrine of signatures, but let's take the break so we can relax into it. You know? So I, I want to just say to everybody, hang with us. We're, we're going to go into the sig- doctrine of signatures where the herb is telling us my understanding what it is best used for. Is that right, Brigitte? Am I getting that wrong? Okay, good. Um, so we're going to be right back with that. So let's go to break now and hang in. We'll be right back. And we're going to go into Doctrine of Signatures. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. 
Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I am here with Brigitte Mars, and we're having a fabulous discussion about herbs and um, all things herbs and where she first learned it. If you missed it, you're going to have to go back and hear it again. (laughs) But we're going to go into now the doctrine of signatures. And I'm going to give that to Brigitte to bring us through what that means, what that is, and what it, how it communicates with us. Thank you, Barb. Well, you know, I love the word signature because it has two words in it, the sign of nature. La signatura, the sign of nature. So, you know, ancient peoples and animals, you know, they don't have uh, Wikipedia or (laughs) phone apps (laughs) to help them identify the plants. And so almost every culture around the world relied on the visual and flavor cues that the plants gave them. So, um, you know, for example, roots might be really good for our lower uh, chakras or the lower centers of our body, like elimination, liver, kidneys. Um, But, you know, here's an example. Blueberries, they look kind of like the eyes. They're actually really good for the eyes. Um, Is that a myth? No. During World War II, Air Force pilots were given a ration of blueberry jam every day. Uh, Cauliflower looks kind of like a brain. It's really good for the brain. It's high in sulfur and our brains love sulfur. Uh, I just brought soup to a friend who just had a baby and I brought her borscht, which is a, a red soup made with beets because it builds your blood after losing blood, whether it be from birthing or from your moon time cycle. Um, so we can look at the colors of the plants. Very often things that are blue Indigo and violet are good for our higher centers, like to help us sleep or relax or to help cope with stress. And things that are red and orange are often good for sexuality and building the blood. So we have things like red ginseng and saw palmetto berries. A lot of yellow plants are good for digestion. So we have lemon and water and dandelion and yellow dock. And then, you know, green is right there in the middle of the color spectrum. And so green has chlorophyll in it, which helps us to better utilize oxygen. So, you know, it's a really great discipline to try to, you know, eat more greens, like one meal a day, ideally should be green leafy vegetables. And, you know, if you can drink a green juice, but I feel that, you know, one, and we can also look at the flavors, the Flavors of the plants tell us what they're good for. So in a nutshell, things that are sour are often good for our liver. Things that are bitter might be good for our heart. 
things that are sweet, as long as it's not sugar sweet, but sweet like sweet potatoes or figs could be good for the stomach and spleen. And pungent herbs or spicy things like garlic and onions and cayenne help to open our lungs. I think we've all had that experience of being like really stuffed up and you have some really hot spicy soup and you can breathe better. And then the salty flavor especially if it comes from natural salty things like sea vegetables, like kelp and dulse, nourish the kidneys and the bladder. But, you know, right now on this planet where we're having so many issues and problems and craziness, um, I want to just give an ode to the dandelion because we are going to need to adapt to all of the environmental issues that are going on because cell phone towers and 5G and chemtrails and air pollution and exhaust, it's everywhere. And yet the dandelions survive. And so I just want everyone to know that dandelion flowers are one of the first foods for the bees in the springtime. And when we spray the dandelions or mow the dandelions, we are contributing to the demise of the bees. And they produce, they help uh, bring to the table three out of every four bites of food we eat. We've all heard, you know, the bees are dying at an alarming rate. So you, we really, um, I've made a little movie called Lawn Gone, which is a lot of fun. It's a five-minute movie, Lawn Gone, check it out. But I, I really, thought it's fun. It's a great you. movie, yeah. I really want to encourage people to rethink the American lawn. We're using a third of our nation's water to water grass and unless you're a goat or a cow, you're probably not eating that grass. So we use all this water to grow it. And then we use all this gasoline to mow it so we can drive to a store and buy, you know, uh, cultivated spinach from another continent when our gardens and our yards might be offering wild spinach for free if you would only take the time to learn, oh, that's lamb's quarter, it's wild spinach. So I'm, I'm really an advocate. I dandelions adapt. And, you know, we always hear like, you know, survival of the fittest, but it's really survival of the most adaptable. So by eating these hardy plants, it's going to help detoxify us, help us to be strong, help us by eating something so fresh. And you can save thousands of dollars a year and feel like a superhuman. So I'm going for that. <laughs> That's good. Uh, you know, I want to come back to the training because I'm kind of fascinated by the training and, and the training that the herbalist got. You actually went out and, and wildcrafted, which we probably have to, I have to ask you to explain wildcrafting. And, and how you learned was actually picking it, tasting it, that kind of thing. It was real hands-on and it was a generational learn, as you talked about your grandmother. Um, and a generational learn, and um, which nobody does. Everybody goes straight to the book, and you've got 14 beautiful books out there, so I'm not, I think they should too. But the taste, the feel, the look, all of that, I don't think most people stop to do that. And yet, isn't that how you learn too? I mean, I learned every way that I could. So mm -hmm. there were certainly books. And, you know, back when I first lived in the teepee, I pretty much lived off of wild edible plants for two and a half years because the closest store was an hour away and it just sold like, you know, dyed cheese and milk with hormones. And it's just like, right. well, we eat that stuff. So what can we find? And so I would, I would go to the library and get up books. Back then there was the Yule Gibbons books, Stalking the Wild Asparagus. I mean, that was 
one of the first act Eden by Jethro Kloss. But I also, you know, would, wherever I was, I would, you know, interview people. So living in the teepee, I would make friends with the hillbilly people, like an old woman who's produced. So one of my apprentices just went to Mexico and I, I, I said, you know, bring a book with you, but I like, go find an old woman who's a chef who, um, you know, runs the kitchen either for a house or a restaurant and give her some money to take you on a walk because she probably knows what's growing around her. And, you know, it can be sort of like, a you know, was a dying art. But right now, you know, there's hundreds of herb schools around the country. When I decided I wanted to be an herbalist, there were yeah, there were like 20 of us in the country. Now there's, you know, yeah. it's a great profession. I love it every day. Mm-hmm. It is a great profession. If you know, I'm overwhelmed by the amount of knowledge you have. Um, and I go to your books and that way I'm, I have to admit, I'm not tasting and touching. I'm going to the books. Um, but, but with the signature of um, Doctrine of Signature, do they ever look like the the parts of you? I mean, is that like, yes, like okay, because like I heard beans, that too, but I wasn't sure if that was real. Like kidney beans, seaweed is good for the hair, um, and it's folkloric, you know, because you know what. So it's folkloric, but it is something that is in almost every world culture, and I didn't talk about it for a long time because it wasn't really. And I was so like trying to prove and show that I knew the chemical constituents and all this scientific stuff. But I really, I love the doctrine of signatures and just a real simple, learn the plants that are growing right outside your door there. You don't have to know, you know, all the Chinese herbs or Tibetan herbs, you know, you can do that later, but the important thing is to learn what's right outside your door. And if we would stop, mowing so much we would find that wow there's lamb's cord and purslane and chickweed and um so many great things right there and I, I love to eat them I still do I live right downtown Boulder but we compost and we you know take our water from the sink or even the bathtub and give it to the plants we're gonna have to rethink how we are taking care of this planet and um you know not wait for the government to say stop buying polluting things like you can clean almost everything with baking soda and white vinegar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that. I <laughs> yeah, that I do. <laughs> that I do. Um, yeah. You know, on the pandemic, I know that that garlic, you know, and, and some things you mentioned were great, but did because it was such a different thing to us. Well, we didn't have. We have been so lucky so long that we really didn't build up an immunity to something like this. So as it hit us, it was kind of new. And um, did any new herbs come up or did you notice certain herbs coming up for that? Anything unusual? Well, it's it's really not new. I mean, everyone wants like what's new, but it's like it's ancient. What have people done? What did people do during the you know Spanish flu of you no know, nineteen nineteen? They used elderberry syrup. What did people do during the bubonic plague? They used uh, garlic. And there's a really simple folk remedy. There's a book out on it. You can Google a recipe online. It's called fire cider, and it's basically garlic, onions, horseradish ginger, 
cayenne pepper, and you blend all these herbs up in the blender with some vinegar, apple cider vinegar, let it sit from one full moon to the next, strain it, and then add honey. I mean, it is so antimicrobial. Do I need a study? Um, I don't. I think that it, it's been studied, like I said, millions mm-hmm. of people for thousands of years. So um, I love that. But, you know, there are many herbs that are used around the world. In China, we have herbs like Isatis and Baptisia. Um, you know, we've got American herbs like Echinacea, uh, Golden Seals Endangered in the Wild. But I also think that, you know, COVID is not the only disease on the planet. I sometimes, you know, marvel at people like wearing their masks to wait in line to buy, you know, French fries, hamburgers, and milkshakes. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, there are it's other the devil we know. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I really think that we should always be eating all the colors of the rainbow because every color signifies a different phytonutrient. You know, like red has lycopene and green has chlorophyll and blue, indigo and violet have anthocyanins. Um, you know, we should get off of our, get, don't eat the things we're allergic to. You know, a lot of people are sensitive or to gluten and dairy. A lot of people get better when they minimize those things in their diet. Um, and, you know, we, we are hearing even in the mainstream media, vitamin C, vitamin D, which we get from sunshine. Um, so viruses mutate very quickly. And I think that we have harmed our immune systems by the overuse of antibiotics, by not paying attention to our health, you know, and kind of taking it for granted. But when we overdo antibiotics, not, not to say that they can't save lives when they're used properly, but they're in the meat, they're in the milk, they're in the eggs. Um, people are. use them for the yeah. slightest thing rather than like, oh, I better clean up my diet, rest more, and maybe stop eating so much sugar. Um, so, again, drugs can help uh, deal with symptoms, but like health is such a gift that we want to be cultivating that all the time. And for me, it's really part of a spiritual practice to honor this, you know, temple of divinity that the creator has endowed us with and to treat it like, you know, something fine with honor and dignity and so yeah it's it's really kind of a fun thing because you feel amazing wow (laughs) (laughs) that sounds good i know well i know i'm going to start with the dandelions myself (laughs) start with those easy to identify and those i seem to have plenty of too the dandelions I have an ebook out called uh, Dandelion Medicine, and it's got like hundreds of recipes for everything from dandelion muffins to dandelion wine to dandelion loaf, dandelion wow. pancakes. We make all that stuff. Da- uh, yeah, Dandelion Medicine is an ebook. Oh, okay, good. I was going to say, is, is that one of your books? That's great. Um, I, I really want to go into the uh, fairies and elements. And again, we're we're coming up to a break, and I don't want once I'm into it, I don't want to break. Okay, so I'm well, going to see if we can take a break early, um, because I love the the doctrine of signatures. I'm so fascinated by that, um, and how really how the Earth communicates to us, and and we've gotten so deaf we can't hear it, blind too, we can't see it. We've just lost our our connection. And it's a it's a 
spirit and the heart connection and knowledge. It's almost like mentally we come, we come in at the end with the mental. You know, it's coming to us in so many different ways, and we've just gone stupid. I hate to put it that way, but we have. But um, anyway, so I'm so fascinated by the uh, Dr. Min of Signature, but I do want to go into the fairies and elementals. So let's take a break now, and then we can go into those because I'm dying to hear about those. <laughs> so let's take a break now, and we'll be right back for fairies and elementals with Brigitte Mars. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. One thing's for certain, life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. Do you feel that you want more from your life but keep finding yourself in the same spot? It is time to break free from self-defeating patterns and limiting beliefs. Find out more by tuning into Let's Talk About It with nationally recognized psychotherapist, Dr. Jamie Lacey. Learn to create healthy lifestyle choices so that you can be the best you. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we're back with Brigitte Mars, who's now has been telling us of such fabulous stuff about the herbs and the communication and how they support us. And now she's going to tell us about the fairies and the elementals, which I'm, you know, just uh, dying to hear about because I love magic too. And to me, it's magic. <laughs> so, Brigitte, I'm going to give it back to you. Um, so the the fairies and the enter elementals, you know, it is, I think, supposed to be sort of a hidden world. Um, I believe that these creatures vibrated a different frequency, so they're not usually visible to the naked eye. I do think that sometimes uh, use of psychedelics can uh, enable us to see the things that are unseen. Uh, the Urantia book, which I've been a reader of since I was 19, talks about the midway creatures, like this, you know, alternative reality of beings that help nature and serve all kinds of purposes in uh, 
you know, that, that we don't see. So, but I, I do want to share that I uh, taught in Iceland. Uh, well, I taught there every year until recently. <laughs> um, and in Iceland, they honor these beings called the Huldu folk, the hidden folk. And, you know, I, I was really curious about when I went to Iceland. And I said, so, so what's the deal with the Huldu folk? And uh, one day I went to collect some berries with my uh, husband at the time. And he took some pictures of rocks and moss. And uh, later that night when we got home and looked at those pictures, we could see life forms in their like faces, like this grandmother face and all these little like children creatures. That was one picture. And then there was another one that looked like, like trolls um, and really distinct. And when I show this picture to people, they go like, wow, I see it. So it's pretty amazing. Um, but I do think that, you know, if you want to attract these elementals to your yard or your uh, home, um, I really think there's a lot of things you can do. And Wait, I, Brigitte, I'm going to back you up a little bit because I and I think some members of my audience don't really know what elementals are. Oh, so, so if you ele- can, yeah. Really? So elementals are like nature spirits and they help nature, whether it be, um, you know, with the, with the flowers, with plants. And it's a hidden world. We don't know that much about it, but it's said that there are uh, spirits that live at the in the water, in fire, in earth, in the forest. So there's all different kinds of in the air. And I have seen them before. Uh, I will admit that a little bit of a pinch of psychedelic has enhanced that, but I've seen them and so have other people that I've been with seen them. Um, So I think it enables us to see things that are not visible with the naked eye. But like, let's say you were an elemental and the people were like spraying herbicides and mowing their lawn like that's not going to be something inviting. So having, letting your lawn go a little wild, I do think that these elementals or nature spirits like things like tinkly wind chimes and colorful uh, prayer flags. Maybe they like um, statues that represent your welcoming, welcoming of them, like little statues of fairies or gnomes or elves. I think that they would love it if you would compost and take care of the soil and give back to the earth rather than taking from the earth all the time. So we really need to rethink that. So there are certain plants that the elementals are said to be connected to, um, such as primrose or Hawthorne. Hawthorne, it's it's really interesting. In Iceland, they don't cut down the elder tree or the Hawthorne because they believe that they're inhabited by nature spirits. And that whole idea of knock on wood, knock on wood comes from the concept that if you just go and start cutting a tree or taking, you know, the berries or the branches without asking permission, that those elementals or nature spirits may come and do some mischief like you know, turn your milk sour or lose one of your shoes or exchange your baby for a troll or some horrible thing like that. So the idea that you want to be uh, welcoming to them, whether you see them or not, but just like you create a yard 
that is enticing to butterflies, bees, hummingbirds. It's really the same thing, you know, little bits of color, fragrance, um, a variety of colors that are blooming throughout the season, you know, spring blooming plants, summer blooming, autumn blooming, uh, and then berries that are left there. So you, by creating a more wild lawn and, and, you know, if you mow, maybe leave a portion of it wild and rather than just growing grass, maybe you want to grow something that still offers pollination for the bees like white clover. I also have an article online. It was in Huffington Post. It was called Get Off Your Grass and Create an Edible Lawn. So it's really kind of the same things that are kind to nature are going to be enticing to the elementals. So I love that, you know, wind socks and tinkly chimes and yeah. Well, our, our house is kind of like a fairy museum. We, we call it that. And I think people can tell that someone who's really attracting the nature spirits, even though I live downtown, um, you can see we're, we're planting fruit trees everywhere and the pollinators are really happy and the bees are making nests and um, so are the birds. Same kind of thing. And um, is there a way that I could, I, I truly have a terrible lawn. And, and But I do have weeds, so that's the upside. <laughs> but is there a way that I could get in touch with the spirits, the fairies and the elementals, and get them to tell me what is needed in my lawn? Or what, rather than me do to the earth, how about they tell me what they want me to do for the earth? Do you well, understand what I, I mean? I, I do. And, you know, that might be through, uh, you know, spending some time uh, doing a psychedelic journey and really meditating out there. But I also think that the things that I've told you, like wind chimes and color and flowers mm -hmm. and little, you know, birds, um, bird houses or uh, another thing that's really conducive is this is really good for the bees. Like take a little bowl of colorful marbles and fill it with water, um, having like a solar fountain. So things that honor all the elements, because remember these elementals or nature spirits are going to be attracted to a habitat that is conducive, but like, just like, um, you know, bees aren't going to want to come around or uh, butterflies or, or birds aren't going to want to nest. If you have that lawnmower going or the weed whacker or um, the leaf blower, those things are offensive to beings who are sensitive and attuned to nature. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you could try doing your own session, but already there's a, there's a lot written by people who have spent a lot of time in nature. I know you said you read about Findhorn, this community in Scotland, yeah. where they took very, very poor soil and started inviting the elementals and made an agreement like, we're not going to spray pesticides, we're going to grow extra. So if the, you know, the bugs need to eat this row, okay, we're, we're going to entitle you to that. So it's really like making a pact and creating a habitat that is conducive to life, but spring. And we really need to get over this thing about the dandelions are the enemy. We need to change the um, antiquated ideas of home owner, you know, societies or whatever, because dandelions help to aerate the soil. 
And so when you kill the dandelions, you're actually making your soil sicker as well as yourself. So really dandelions are one of the top five most nutritious vegetables. And so, you know, spending time in your yard and I love to use the elements of feng shui. So, you know, I think about, you know, having a, a bird bath or wind chimes. So we want to do something that honors all the elements, solar lights, um, and, and having wildflowers. I think that it doesn't have to be really complicated. So it's a fun thing. And we could probably do a whole show on that. And maybe you'll come visit my fairy garden. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. In fact, I'm planning on it now. <laughs> I'll let you know when. Okay. <laughs> I'll let you know when. Um, I wanted to go to the um, one of the things you mentioned in our emails earlier is how to become more intuitive. And you have herbs for psychics. So I'm, I'm curious about that. Okay. Um, so, you know, things like Meditation, meditation. Okay. So, you know, certainly if you want to be more psychic, meditation, paying attention to your dreams, getting off of fluoridated water, which is said to calcify the pineal gland, which is certainly a really important aspect of our intuitive ability as well as our intelligence. Um, so that's, you know, that's one thing, but I, you know, we really want to make our language conducive. So rather than saying, I'm not very psychic, we want to say, I am, I'm inviting my psychic abilities to become more um, resident or I'm, I'm working on that. So writing down our dreams can be helpful, but even it's kind of like an exercise that you want to do, like rather than, um, you know, guessing uh, how many email, like rather than how many emails did I get, like maybe take a guess or the phone rings, like before you look, like try to get an intuitive guess. Um, and then, you know, when my kids were little, I used to, I had these uh, felt squares of different colors and I would blindfold them, which sounds like I was kind of a mean mom, but I <laughs> actually blindfold my kids and have them hold their hands over the piece of felt and tell me what color it was so they could work on this art of a sensing color because color is energy and red, orange, and yellow are warming, green is neutral, blue, indigo, and violet are considered more cooling. And when you teach your kids like you can do it, um, they learn how to do it. But I also do think that, you know, if you have an intention about being more intuitive and that is something that you program yourself and, you know, the idea of lucid dreaming, you go to sleep and you say, I, I need to have a dream that's going to help me invite the fairies into my realm or I need to have a dream so I can make this decision. So it's really just a way of tapping into your subconscious. So I, you know, love the idea that, this is a skill that we can develop. And, I, you know, I don't claim to be a psychic, but I sometimes do have flashes. And, um, you know, we've chatted a little bit about, you know, Psychedelica. Um, there's actually a great TV series on Gaia called Psychedelica, which I'm in. But I, I'm not endorsing like, oh, just like party on or, you know, do acid yeah. and go to a rock concert. I really think that these are very powerful tools that could be used with intention by creating set and setting. Um, there's a, a deck of cards that actually comes from Findhorn called the inner child cards. I love those. Hmm. Um, they are so intuitive. I feel like they have angelic 
helpers. So, um, wow. yeah, I, I one love thing those. I have to say one thing I learned in, in, you know, training for psychic work. Um, one of the biggest things was the validation. So when you did get the right psychic hit to recognize it, to validate yourself that, uh, yes, I am seeing, you know, with, with the sixth sense or with my other senses, I am bringing in the right energy. And that, that validation was so important to trust yourself, to trust what you are picking up, to trust your intuition, um, I found to be so important and, and really to bring you to the point where the more you trust it, the more it opens. And then, of course, the more it opens, the more you trust it. So it, it really feeds on itself and on, on opening up the intuitive part. And even like, you know, I, I get to see you while we're doing this interview, but you're wearing, you know, a really beautiful color, like mm-hmm. blue, indigo, and violet are good for activating our higher senses. Um, are there aromas? Like I learned from Michael Tierra, don't ever eat sacred datur or make tea of it. It's very dangerous. However, putting a flower in your pillowcase and having dreams might be very revelatory. Um, you know, staying in prayer. Um, asking for angelic help. When my partner and I uh, get in the car, I don't drive, but my partner does. So we always do an ohm and visualize surrounding our vehicle with an aura of light. I have also heard that lecithin is a really good supplement for psychics because, you know, psychics use a lot of mental energy. And so lecithin helps to nourish the myelin nerve sheet that surrounds our nervous system. Um, and I, you know, again, I don't want to, you know, be carte blanche and, and just say, start using psychedelics, but, um, there, there's a lot of information that's coming out there. There's a lot of research that's going on. Um, people sometimes do get a spiritual download, um, when the veils of perception are lifted, like, so that we or open the doors of perception, um, so I think that there's a lot that can be done by using these things with intention and then integration. But again, you're not going to get that if you're using them at a concert or a party. You might have a good time, but it could also be very dangerous because you're yeah. picking up on the energy of everybody and, you know, all that you have to go through to get in there, the metal detector and all the alcohol. And I mean, that's not going to give you that kind of experience as it would, you know, being the safe set and setting just with the few people you know and trust or being by yourself. Although I do think having a guide can be very helpful. Um, you know, I, I want to go on forever, but they're not going to let us. So, <laughs> so I, but I wanted to kind of wrap it up. I mean, you have given a, given me and hopefully my listeners so much information and so many places to go with this. And I do want to make sure that uh, people go to your website because I am overwhelmed by the amount of information that you are putting out to everyone that in any direction they want to go with this, you have something for them. And I want to say again that your website is BrigitteMars.com. And I noticed your Facebook is Brigitte Mars. I think your Twitter's Brigitte Mars. <laughs> I think you managed to do it all the way across. I give you credit on that. And um, so they can get hold of you easily um, and take some of your courses. Again, you've got great courses coming up. I might have to 
jump into a couple of them myself. Um, I also want to invite my audience to uh, come to my website at aviewthroughtheveil.com. You can come on Facebook, I'm at Body and Soul Psychic, or you can email me at aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. I have loved this conversation. I wish we had a couple more hours and maybe Brigitte will come back and join me again. It'd be great. So thanks so much. Thank you so much, Barb. Blessings to you. Thank you. Thank you. That guy, we're so appreciative. Many blessings to all your listeners. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.